Welcome to Talking Pictures Trivia, the podcast in which a group of friends explore movies through trivia. I'm one of these friends, KJ, and with me is... Um, I'm Chris. And Rachel. For those joining us for the first time, we start off each episode with a movie quiz, as these four rapid-fire trivia questions will determine who earns today's trivia crown. The first question is worth one point, and each question after that is worth one more point. Then, we'll follow it up with our famous movie rant, where anything goes. Tom, tell us about today's movie. Logging into Disney Plus in 2022, we would have had to choose between Disenchanted, Hocus Pocus 2, Tom Hanks's Pinocchio, Sneakerella, and today's movie, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. KJ will be our questionnaire today. KJ, what is Chippendale Rescue Rangers all about? In the Rescue Rangers movie, we mostly follow Dale as he's struggling to kind of recapture his past fame and popularity on the show, Rescue Rangers. But we follow this through Dale's friendship with Chip. Chip is an insurance salesman now, so he's kind of have a boring ho-hum life, while Dale is trying to be an influencer on YouTube to get the likes and popularity back to hopefully get the show back. Um, Very early on, Monterey Jack is taken by Sweet Pete. And the rest of the movie, we're following our two chipmunks on a adventure to save Monterey Jack. Uh, the writers seem to have a love for all things animation, pop culture, 90s. And the movie ends with a perfectly corny joke that would have fit into any Rescue Rangers episode. I did not run these questions by Rachel because that would have given her an advantage. <laughs> it's time for question one. What is the name of... Of Dale's new show. Locked in. Locked in? Um, I guess locked in. All right, Rachel, what do you have? <laughs> um, it's not 007, but that's, that's, what it's, that's what it's played on. It's like double O Dale. Double O Dale. That's my final answer. Chris, what do you have? I have double O Dale as well. Tom? I also have Double O'Dale. Double O'Dale. Points for everybody. We'll start with an easy one. I think they're going to get harder because there was a lot of minutia in this this movie and a lot of references. So (laughs) we'll see how we go. It's time for question two. What is the name of Sonic's show? Locked in. I mean, I'm going to say locked in. I, uh, yeah, I'm just going to say I'm locked in. Chris, what do you have? I, it's, uh, it's Ugly Sonic and the FBI or something to that extent. I think it's Ugly Sonic and the FBI. Rachel? I was just going to say Ugly Teeth. I don't remember, but I remember <laughs> the Ugly Teeth. Tom? Ugly Sonic, Uglier Crimes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Points yes. to Tom. Taking the lead. It's time for... Question three. What clue does Ellie give Dale? Locked in. Locked in. Am I allowed to ask a question? Sure. Was Ellie the police agent? Yes, Ellie was the the good cop. Okay. What clue does she give to Dale? Okay, I'm locked in. All right, Chris, what do you have? 
I, I know she references a very specific episode. So they're on the phone and she's like, my favorite episode is, and it's like 310 or 312. I don't know what the specific number is, but she references an episode from season three, which was the, the last season of Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. Rachel? Yeah, um, exactly what Chris said, that she uh, tells him what her favorite episode is. I thought she said episode 32. And I thought it was something to do with a star was in the name of it. That's my guess. Tom? I had the same thing as Chris. She references a particular episode, which Dale takes as having to do with Thai food, but it has to do with kidnapping. Uh, so that's that's my answer. Great. We'll go points for everybody. Yes, it was the episode titled When You Fish Upon a Star. Uh... Makes me wonder how many good episode titles Rescue Rangers had. Right? It would have been fun to... <laughs> <laughs> All right, going into the last question. Uh, Tom's in the lead with six. Chris and Rachel each have four. Last question's worth four points. It is anybody's game. And if we don't have anything to say during Movie Rant, I have a pile of bonus questions, so we can see how that goes, too. <laughs> it's time for question four. Whose arm does Sweet Pete have by the end of the movie? Locked in. I don't know. Oh, I got you, Tom. I got you. Yeah, I don't know who was, <laughs> I could describe it, but I don't know. I didn't know that was a reference to something. I will. I'm going to lock in and live with that. I'm going to lock in and say this is unfair because you know that I fell asleep during the second watch of this at the very end. <laughs> so I didn't watch like the last like 15 minutes of it the second time around. So I'm going to call it unfair, that. but. It would have been much more fair if you're reading these questions by you first, too. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, again. All right, Tom, what do you have? So it's a cannon arm that shoots these like little talking cannonballs at whomever. Rachel? I was going to say, um, I think the character's name is Petey. He's like a, he's like a, a Disney character. I'm just going with another Pete. So Petey, the Disney guy. Oh, like the um, like the villain in a Mickey, mm -hmm. like, like in a Christmas Carol, the mm -hmm. third goes. Okay, um, Chris, what do you have? So he's got two arms, so I think we should reference both of them. Sure, I would uh, take either the one. Right, but... The right arm is like a bullet bill from a Super Mario, although I think it's off-brand bullet bill, so it's not actually that. <laughs> and then the left arm is actually Wreck-It Ralph. There we go. So I'm kind of torn on how to distribute these points, guys, because the hand was the cannon from from a Mario type game. One of his arms was absolutely Wreck-It Ralph. And that was the one I had recognized. I had read online. The other one was Shredder. Oh, so, oh like behind the cannon? Yeah, right. The cannon was the hand. Oh. Yep. I wouldn't, I, I, there's no way I got that, but he actually says, I'm going to wreck it when he lifts up that first beefy <laughs> hand the first time. That's the reason I knew it was Wreck-It Ralph. So the question is, do we give half points to Tom? I, I don't know what Wreck-It Ralph is. So... <laughs> Rick Ross so another, another another Disney property. Oh, okay. And he's it's uh William so, C. Riley. Is that the first name? William? Well, there's a John C. Riley. John C. It's John C. Riley, yep. and he's yeah. an animated like buffoon cartoon character just breaks stuff, and he's got these big bulbous hmm. gorilla arms almost. So that's one of the arms that the the <laughs> Pete, sweet pea gets there, sweet Pete. 
Chris, it's all yours if you want it. I think, I, I'm gonna I, go... I think give half points to Tom. Half points. That way we have a tie and we have to have more questions. There we go. Okay. Enough. We're going for bonus. It is 884. Uh, Nick says the bonus questions are always worth enough to let him win. So whatever that adds up to, here we go. I, I'm so excited if Nick wins this episode. <laughs> <laughs> can, can Nick be the winner of this episode regardless? Pretty sure Nick is the winner of every episode from here on out, just just in perpetuity. <laughs> Once again, congratulations on winner of the week, Nick. <laughs> can, we, can we just get a really bad soundbite of him from a previous episode? Like, yay! yay! Thanks, guys. I don't know how to humbly accept this. It's time for a bonus question. What does the narrator think is the first thing that pops into your head when you hear Chippendale? Locked in. Locked in. Locked in. Locked in. Locked in. Locked in. All right, Chris, what do you have? Uh, his name is, a, he's a cabinet maker, but his last name is Chippendale. Rachel? Yeah, I was going to say furniture maker, though. Furniture maker named Chippendale. Tom? Thomas Chippendale, 18th century cabinet maker. Sick cabinet, <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> Man, this movie opens up perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> Points for everybody. <laughs> I didn't really like those jokes. <laughs> and this is the movie that Tom disliked. Just, let's just so oh, everybody's aware that Tom, Tom's getting every question right, but he hated this movie. <laughs> I didn't hate this movie. I, 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 I like the nostalgia thing. I feel manipulated. I find the movie really funny and warm-hearted. It's just whenever somebody tries to sell my youth back to me, it, like I. You know what I mean? I, I like move back from it. Well, as you may remember from last week, technically, Tom, this wasn't part of your youth because you skipped it. Yeah, I guess. Been... So. <laughs> <laughs> I skipped all this stuff. I'm actually the only thing I was familiar with was Voltron and then the, the beauty... cabinet maker. Yeah, <laughs> Tom's a big fan of the cabinet maker. <laughs> That was from someone's youth, but not Tom's. I don't know. (laughs) Have you seen the movies Tom picks? I think it was from his youth. If his cabinets were German Expressionism, Tom may have one. (laughs) Might have seen, actually, the Met might have them. Might have seen them. Ikea should do a crossover. Okay, let's go to the next one. (laughs) It's time for a bonus question. What were Alvin and the Chipmunks doing? that they always make cartoons do locked in locked in locked in everybody they're rapping. rapping yes points for everybody and for those counting at home we're up to 19 19 15. it's time for a bonus question what rescue rangers memorabilia does chip have locked in locked in oh locked in rachel it was the commemorative coin I was going to say the Pog, but I don't think it was a Pog. I think it was a commemorative coin that had all the whole cast on it. Tom? I thought it was a Pog. I thought it was a commemorative, like a gold painted or plated commemorative Pog. Chris? So one of those very moronic eight-year-olds that used to collect Pogs, the, the, it was actually the metal slammer that had all their faces on it with all the cardboard Pogs in the, in the frame was what was collected. All right, we're going points for everybody, but yes, it was indeed a slammer, which is really funny that that hurts that hurts that i know that should <laughs> you ever play fogs tom no i don't really get it I, there's circles that you throw is that 
Is that it? So they they were like Hawaiian bottle cap inserts for like milk cartons that they would you okay. would take the paper insert out of the the milk mm-hmm. car- milk cap to reuse the milk cap, but then they would stack them in a pile and you would throw something heavy on top of them to try to get them to flip over, and it became a sensation for all of about six minutes. <laughs> but I was enamored. Do you like win the ones that flip over? Yeah, so it was like back in the day, you would like go to the playground with your pogs and you you put them in a pile, and whichever ones you got to flip over, you would take yours and whoever you were playing against. So oh. it, was, it was like middle school gambling at its finest. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's kind of fun. And that slammer was the one you threw down. That yeah, was the yeah, weighted. That's why that's why it had to be weighted so you get you could break more stuff. <laughs> I gotcha. It's time for a bonus question. What is the new Meryl Streep movie? Locked, Locked in. in. Oh. Uh-oh, audience. I got you, Tom. I got you. Another movie Tom missed from his youth, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? It was, uh oh, Locked In. Okay, everybody? No! Mrs. <laughs> Doubtfire. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Doubtfire. Mr. Doubtfire. It's Mr. Doubtfire. Oh, I got it wrong. <laughs> Oh, uh, what do we do? I, 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 think, I, I think we keep going. Chris is going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to give it to you, Tom, mostly because right. I probably feel bad. Have you ever seen Mrs. Doubtfire? Yeah, I like Mrs. Doubtfire. I saw it in the theaters when I was a child. Oh. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should yeah, give that, you the voice. That damn nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> that actually made me laugh, though. That, that was uh, <laughs> The poster was hilarious. The poster was funny. <laughs> <laughs> It's time for a bonus question. The girl on Main Street that sells flowers also is allegedly in what business? Lockton. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm going to say locked in, but I'm not super confident in the answer. All right. Let's start with you, Rachel. I was going to say an underground gambling ring or like game. I was going to say like tickets to, to like tune fighting. I had it as Muppet fighting. Yes, Muppet fighting. And then they show you a screen of that in the post credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, it was a little. All right, Chris, you take the episode. That's that's two in a row. That congratulations to Nick for winning this week's episode. <laughs> yes, congratulations, Nick. Congratulations, and in celebration of Nick's victory, I have three more bonus questions. If we just want to run through them before we hop, yeah. Before we take the break. All right, what does Sweet Pete turn toys into? Is it versions? Porta potties, bootleg yes. versions, toilets. Right. <laughs> oh, uh, what does Chip sing while cleaning Sweet Pete's toilet? Oh, ha- uh, happy birthday! <laughs> they threw a oh, pandemic right. joke into them. <laughs> oh, God, that was so good. Because they did it like really fast. Yep, I read that During the pandemic, when you washed your hands, you were supposed to sing "Happy Birthday" to yourself twice. Oh, okay. Oh, see, so. I thought it was. I thought it was a play on like brushing your teeth. Like, because aren't you supposed mm. to sing "Happy Birthday" when you brush your teeth too? Well, and he I was brushing the toilet. Brushing your teeth. <laughs> I think I sing to you. Do you guys remember the game Brain Age on the DS? No. Yes, yes. So in Brain Age was this game was supposed to train your mind, but one of the things it recommends is while you're brushing your teeth, count how many times you do that. And my roommate Bobo tried to do it, but he said when you try to count, you have to go pretty fast, and then you'll start brushing your teeth faster, and then you'll start counting faster, and you never catch up. Like <laughs> you're always behind. <laughs> Brain Age destroyed the youth of America. So Chris, I don't know if you could sing 
Like, I think it would be hard to keep. <laughs> You'd have to brush your teeth to the rhythm of. <laughs> and brush, and brush your teeth is two minutes. We have a timer. You can buy like the like timer uh, in your bathroom, and there's like buttons. There's like one for hand washing and one for teeth brushing. And the hand washing <laughs> one is much shorter. I think the hand washing is 30 seconds, and the teeth brushing is two minutes. And it has different songs on it, right? Yeah. Does it do happy birthday? Mm, I don't Stay tuned think next so. week, audience. I think, I think it rotates. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one that I have here. What is the name of the Lego movie on the billboard? Oh, I don't know. Lego Miserable. <laughs> oh, Miserable. <laughs> <laughs> That's that fantastic. was also very funny, yeah. <laughs> Join another Talking Studios production, Limited Lexicon, where we play through text-based adventure games. Text-based adventure games were computer games from before computers had graphics. The game uses text to describe a scene, and the player types back how they want to interact with the game. I'll read the text from the computer, and my co-host will feed me commands. This season, we're playing through The Hobbit from 1982 on the ZX Spectrum. Here's a quick sample. I thought uh, a lot about our first command, and I think it should be no print, because we don't want to print things as we're going along. I think by default, it's not going to print. And even <laughs> if I did print, I, where is it going to print to? 1982? I would imagine if we go west, we're going to be south of the troll, right? Just south of the troll land. Yeah, let's try it. You go west. The troll's clearing. The visible... Oh, we died. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The troll, the troll saw us and killed us. So I think we have to say the answer to the riddle then. The answer is dark. Say dark, I think. Talk to what? Gollum. Say Gollum dark. You talk to Gollum. Thorin says, hurry up. And we died. And we died. So we went northeast last time. So let's go southwest. You go southwest. Visible exits are north, northwest. You see the valuable golden ring. Oh. Wow. Wow. That's wait, wait, wait. perfect. Oh, That's right. perfect. Limited Lexicon coming to your podcatcher and YouTube in late 2022 by Talking Studios. And we're back. Chippendale Rescue Rangers, as Tom pointed out, was a hose of nostalgic goodness that was just thrown at you over and over and over again, did not give up for a minute. There was a lot of it in here. Was there any that you guys particularly liked or want to bring up? Uh, there was just so many. Like, I when when did the Sonic movie come out in relation to this? Because they that's like a huge reference is the the Sonic Sonic the Hedgehog live action film where he's ugly Sonic. It gets released on the internet. That's what he looks like, and then they completely revamp the movie. Like, what was the timeline with that? I didn't I, I didn't realize it was that that uh, topical, honestly. And then what did those negotiations look like? Right. Disney goes to uh, I'm trying to think who made it. Was it Paramount? I don't know who made the, the Sonic movies, but whoever it was. And they're like, hey, we want to use your Sonic in our movie. Oh, well, it's going to cost this much. No, no, no. Not that one. <laughs> the original. <laughs> like, Let me see. When did the movie come out? Because they already have a sequel, right? It's always it's. Yes. There's a Sonic, too. Yeah. Jim Carrey's in both. Yeah. Sonic was made by Paramount. Was it Paramount? Oh, the initial. Was, yeah. 2020. OK. So two years. 
and this came out mm-hmm. 22. Okay, so yeah, I guess I guess that would mean that this was like three years. They had right. three years to make this movie after this whole hubbub. So it was like brand new and fresh in their minds as they were doing it. That's, but it was funny how they kept zooming in on his teeth because it was really, really disturbing <laughs> to see his human teeth. Tom, do you under do you, are you aware of the Sonic story there? I yeah, okay. I am aware of that. It, it it reminded me of the snakes on a plane thing where uh, got these m effing snakes off my m effing plane, which was not in the original movie, <laughs> but it was brought up online so much when the trailer for snakes on a plane was released that they hired samuel L. jackson back to make that scene changing the rating of the movie from pg-13 to r wow because the internet prompted it so much and that seemed <laughs> to be the case with with ugly sonic as well the internet was so mad they spent a bunch of money to remake the movie um mm-hmm. but what was everybody's favorite nostalgia piece from it like uh, except for tom because tom hated it all but what was what was everybody's like favorite piece that they found in there that was like oh my god i can't believe they brought that in that was the best thing ever maybe voltron because i used to play with voltron toys when i was a kid um i don't know what happened to voltron that seems to be a property that isn't around very much but um yeah that was i remembered that so you know there you go my favorite i i really liked mr doubtfire that joke hit perfectly i think i like the ones that they they didn't dwell on they just in out right ugly sonic was funny but then he kind of became part of the movie so he was there a little bit too much um batman vs. et was pretty fun like, like <laughs> I, the um seeing um paul abdul and scat cat that was another funny quick I, I liked all the little quick things and usually these nostalgia trains they work on me but not for as long as this movie does but it worked on me the whole time I was really surprised to see Paula Abdul that quickly and then never see her from again. That was like, what did she get paid to do that? Like she got a daily rate to, to do that. <laughs> I liked uh, early on uh, Flounder when Flounder gets kidnapped <laughs> and he has the fork and he's offering it to them. And I think he says, uh, I think he, I think the exact line is, isn't this neat? <laughs> it's, a, it's a, it's a line pulled right from Little Mermaid, but I thought that was pretty creative. I, I really like anything with Skeletor and He-Man as they're bickering back and forth with each other. <laughs> so I really liked when Chip and Dale run across their feet and He-Man acts like acts very scared from it and Skeletor gives him a little quip for it. That's always <laughs> those are always the new Skeletor memes and stuff like that. That's right up my wheelhouse. So that was my favorite. Yeah, I, I suppose Lumiere was nice to see again. Yeah. Um, you know, rest in peace, Jerry Orbach. But yeah, yeah. I I mean the, the, I, I would say the movie was gentle with its nostalgic touches it just did them and it, and it moved on it wasn't it wasn't as it wasn't very irritating uh, you know how how it dealt with that um and it was also very sweet i think that's another thing i really like this movie about this movie it is it is a very kind it is very sweet like the humor i think is funny without ever being caustic uh which i liked a lot so there, there's plenty to say positive about this film the other easter egg that um I don't know if I would say it was my favorite, but I was really impressed they threw it in there. Was um, the live action cats uh, that were fighting oh, yeah. in the alley from that <laughs> awful live action cats movie? Um, I I really appreciated them making space for that. Uh, yeah, I feel like that whole uncanny valley part was pretty yeah. spot on. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Hebrews in the valley, the uncanny valley. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and even um, Seth Rogen's character, the joke with his eyes not looking 
worked great for some reason. Like they they timed that well or whatever. And like at the end when he gets knocked out and all the other Seth Rogen animated characters yes. are like hovering over him, <laughs> laughing at him with his yeah. very unique laugh. It was, that was also a funny one. <laughs> yeah, that one was really good. I didn't pick up on that one. Kid, I had to point that one out. But once I once he told me, I was like, that's brilliant. Yeah, that's from Beowulf, right? That Seth Rogen character, the the guy with the axe. I think. Yeah, I think that's supposed Robert to be Zimmer that's supposed to be him. Yeah. Beowulf. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we we we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that Roger Rabbit was in this because this was when yeah. my wife walked in as I was watching it this afternoon before the recording of this, and she was like, "Oh, so this is very much like Roger Rabbit," and I was like, "You're absolutely right because Roger Rabbit already appeared in this, but mm-hmm. the mix of live action with cartoon and the the interaction, I think." And what did they, they say they're dancing the Roger Rabbit with Roger Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, but I do think Roger Rabbit's the superior film. Like, oh, 100%. Pound for pound, 100%. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are pretty similar, right? They're both a like a mystery that they're trying to solve, like a whodunit. And they did a, they referenced it multiple times. So there's a Jessica Rabbit reference, yep. even though you don't see her. And then there's mm-hmm. also when... Uh, Sweet Pea, who ends up being Fat Peter Pan, uh, <laughs> when he's going through his like regalia of torture devices, there's a bottle of dip mm. in the in the in the holster <laughs> that he, you see it for for a hot second, then he picks something else. But it's that's another Roger Rabbit reference. The reference I really liked, but I feel like because it was up against the Mrs. Doubt the Mr. Doubtfire poster, I feel like didn't get its due. Was the billboard right next to it that was Batman versus ET? Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You saw uh, a little bit I... of the film, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He loves Batman. Right. <laughs> so, I question for you guys. So, this movie went straight to Disney Plus and not to theaters. Oh, I did not know that. Any idea why? Was this not theater worthy? I think when you put a movie in theaters, you have to put a lot more marketing behind it to the tune of about the same amount as the actual production itself. So if a $100 million movie gets made, typically you're going to spend $100 million in, in advertising, meaning that you have to make two to three million back, two to 300 million back to make your money back and actually get a profit. So I think now that streaming is actually a thing and they want to put fresh things on on there to entice you to pay the subscription, that if they can get away with not doing the marketing or doing a lot less marketing because it's going to pop up on your Disney Plus, you know, watch it now screen. I think that becomes a new way of getting a a movie that doesn't test well or a movie that doesn't look like it's going to make 200 million still make its money back and recoup and give people a reason to buy that subscription service. It also allows you to to monopolize in that product. Only your theater, i.e. your streaming service allows it. Yeah. I didn't think about that. You're right. I, I agree, Chris. The the marketing budget. And, you know, if they didn't have faith in the movie, which I, I think a lot of millennials would have seen it and then told their other millennial friends, hey, this was great. You got to go see it. Um, but, yeah, is it worth the marketing budget? And then, like you're saying, Tom, it, it gives exclusivity to Disney Plus. Like, oh, I guess I better pick up Disney Plus. Oh, all the Marvel stuff's here. I might as well hold on to it. Yeah, yeah and it was also we were coming out of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So it was... I think even if um, like all the millennials would have gone to see it, how many of them would have not gone to see it because we were just at the end of the pandemic and half of us to a quarter of us weren't ready to go to a theater with, with people. So I also think it played into that a little bit. No, I think you're right. Cause I, I believe in my head, the movie theaters were back with um, Spider-Man um, no way home. I feel like, yeah, I think that was, I think that was November where this is, would have been April. So 
when did when did Top Gun come out? Because that that's I think that might have been the uh, the the resurgence of movies for me. Another big one. Um, I think that was a um, Memorial Day 2022. Okay, so just so a couple months after this, this would not have competed with Top Gun though. So that's oh, that's right, because Spider Man would have been 2021. Yeah, so Spider Man would have already been out. Tenant also came out in 2021, and that was yeah, but nobody went to it because that was way too early. Yeah, yeah, they were. There was an attempt to get people to go back to the theater. I went to it, but um, <laughs> I also don't think the movie. Um, I think it suffered. I don't think the movie itself suffered from like the Veronica Mars situation, but I think mm. like looking at it, looking at trailers, right? It was definitely targeted towards millennials as a movie to watch with their kids but i think yeah, a lot of millennials would have watched looked at it at like the trailer at the poster or the idea of it and be like i don't want to pay to go to a theater to watch a chip in. like that was funny that was fun because i was like eight and like they didn't have streaming services and that was on when i came home from school or whatever right and so i don't think there was enough i think to chris's point about like the marketing budget I don't think they did enough to like really be like, no millennials, like you will want to watch this and you will want to take your kids. Um, so I think to your point, KJ, about like millennials telling other millennials, I, I, I think that's what they needed to rely on. And so I probably, like Chris said, it wasn't worth the money um, to put it into the theaters. Well, speaking of millennials, I'd like to once again congratulate one of our favorite millennials, Nick. He Yay, is in this Nostalgia Hound. A lot of the movies he picks for this show were probably referenced in Rescue Rangers. Well done, Nick. And well done, Chris. I'll take the second place. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Talking Pictures Trivia, where we're competing for second place. You can rate and review this show anywhere podcasts are available. For those viewing in YouTube land, if you haven't already, please like this video. Subscribe to the Talking Studios channel for all our exciting content, and follow us on Twitter at Talking Studios. Check out other shows by Talking Studios, including Keep Making Movies, where we explore micro-budget films, Limited Lexicon, where we play through text-based adventure games, and Get the Point, where we slowly reveal a movie poster and try to guess which movie poster it is. Got a question for us? Call the Talking Studios hotline at 201-467-8679 and leave a message. It may be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Talking Pictures Trivia wherever fine podcasts are found. Join us next time as we continue our fresh movie block when we discuss everything, everywhere, all at once from 2022. Stay tuned for our first impression of everything, everywhere, all at once. Ding, 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 ding. Next week, we'll be discussing everything, everywhere, all at once from 2022. Margaret, how was your watch? So my first watch was in the theaters with two very good friends of mine. Um, I knew that it was going to be an action film um, and didn't have a whole lot more liked the cast. So I figured I'd see it. And then I realized it was a movie about mothers and daughters and absolutely loved it. Um, and then I saw it two more times in the theater after that. Tom, how was your watch? Good. My first watch was with you. 
Margaret, yes. as you know, because you invited me and you you took me out to see the movie when it was in theater. So we saw it in theaters in Manchester, Connecticut, the great Manchester, Connecticut, where you no longer live. And uh, yeah, I, I wasn't as fond of it as as you were. I we watched it now on my computer and, and I think I, I stand by those those criticisms. Um <laughs> for what they're worth but i find the the sort of I, the, the sort of joyful communis of it to be very appealing and i think that it is a clever way of sort of getting at that kind of myth of sisyphus thing using this multiverse I guess what would you call it, a multiverse genre? It seems like every movie that comes out has a multiverse in it for whatever reason. Uh, so it is using this popular concept to, to get at something that is far more philosophically rich. KJ, how was your watch? So guys, I remember before this came out, there was a lot of hype for this movie. Everyone's like, this is the new Matrix. And I thought they meant it was going to be like, whoa, that's a new idea I hadn't really considered before. So my wife, Rachel, and I sit down to watch it, and it was it was a lot of fun. We enjoyed it, but I, unlike Margaret, did not know it was going to be an action movie. So audience, just a heads up, it is through and through an action movie. So I was very surprised by the, the well, I guess the action, I don't know, the fighting, the kung fu, the, the whole nine yards. Um, but then more recently, uh, my second watch, we watched with the whole family here, and my daughter loved it. Um, I don't know if we should do spoilers here, but she really liked, I'll say, the rock scene. She just thought that was great. And I really think, and Hannah, if you're listening, let me know if I'm wrong, but I really think Hannah connected with this movie in a way that she's going to enjoy other movies. This was like a a Jurassic Park moment or, you know, one of those ones that really gets you hype. Um, And then this watch was good, too. I, I, you know, Margaret said a lot of this is about the family and i think every watch i realize more and more the connection that the family has with each other is really what makes this movie fun everything everywhere all at once is available on paramount plus at the time of this recording wow talking studios 